Hey, Drunk Mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm the other Jen. And we're the Drunk, Drunk Mythology, Mythology Gals. Gals. Oh, that was... Yeah. No. No. That was close. No. No. Because yeah. you know what? We can't yeah. start that way because this no. is chapter one of Brom Stroker, I mean Stoker, I will never <laughs> let you live that typo down, of Brom Stoker's Dracula, celebrating the month of drunk Dracula gals, also called October. Yay! And Dracula is public domain. Hello, intellectual property lawyers. We love you. If you want to sponsor us, Never mind. You probably don't. But if you do... They don't. They don't. All right. Well, anyway, (laughs) here we go. Back to Transylvania. Here we go. Starting with chapter one. Usually I'll do a little recap here, but since it's the beginning, there ain't no recap. It's just Jonathan Harker's journal, kept in shorthand. Okay. We haven't even talked about how we're going to do this. Like the logistics, are you going to read a paragraph, then I read a paragraph, then exactly. you read a paragraph? Okay. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whoever does the crappy voice does the crappy voice and accent. It. <laughs> anybody who has listened to our Lit Crit hours knows that this is just part of the journey. Oh, it's such a journey. Yes. And do we need to know who Jonathan Harker is before we go into this? Is He's there an any- accountant not getting paid overtime? I can relate to that. Which is why you I, should start. Call him Peggy. <laughs> a, we'll post the joke for that one. <laughs> that's a Twitter joke there. Call him Peggy. Also Pam. Oh, okay. So you said Jonathan Harker's journal kept in shorthand. Okay. 3 May, or for Americans over here in the United States, May 3rd, Bistritz. I have no idea. Very Did I say that good. right? Is that Very a location? Good. I guess yes. that's a location. Bistritz. Yes. Bistritz. Okay. Left Munich at 8.35 p.m. <laughs> 8.35. I love, yes, he's an accountant. I love this guy already. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till you get to the second sentence. <laughs> On 1st May, arriving at Vienna early next morning. Should have arrived at 6.46. <laughs> Awesome. Jonathan Harker is my spirit animal. But train was an hour late. Which, again, um, if the Swiss were running, really running that train, would never happen. Never happen. Whatever. Budapest. Pest. Seems a wonderful place. Is that Budapest is what, but it's spelled. Yes. The original 19th century way-ish. Okay. When it was still very much two different cities, Buddha and Pest. Oh. Well, that's something to dive down into later. Maybe a snorkel. Okay. Buddha Pest seems a wonderful place from the glimpse, which I got of it from the train and the little I could walk through the streets. I feared to go very far from the station as we had arrived late and would start as near the correct time as possible. 
I mean, I nothing really... has ever happened like that to anybody <laughs> right. getting off a plane. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wondering go. if they had time to get a hamburger on their way to running to the next terminal. <laughs> right. Three terminals away <laughs> right? to meet your connection. <laughs> With a train and a ticket and a pass. <laughs> like, who knows what you need to get to the next terminal. <laughs> the impression I had was that we were leaving the West and entering the East. The most Western of splendid bridges over the... Danube, did I pronounce that well? Danube. Which is here of noble width and depth. <laughs> don't. It was don't gone go, for a short time or a long time. I, <laughs> <laughs> you knew where I was going. Wow. Girl, we need to talk about your fiction choices. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is here of noble width and depth. So the, the river is noble width and depth. Oh, Took us you're among... emphasizing that a little too much. It's okay. Took us a month. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I just have like four words left, Kate. <laughs> this is quite the start. Oh, my God. Took us among the traditions of Turkish rule. There. All right, your turn. I'm going to drink. Yes. Watch for the um, possible <laughs> subtle racism with mentions of Turkish. What? Oh, yeah. Well, I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised, but I shouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk as we get more into it, but Bram Stoker was Irish. Abraham Stoker. Oh. oh. And... Uh, when he was around and alive, Great Britain was really doing its pointy stick thing with its occupation of Ireland. So should we have started with when was this written? Uh, I think, it, gosh, uh, I have I have <laughs> the actual. Um, God damn it. Where is the, 1897 is the actual publication date. Okay. 1897. Which means he was probably writing it for a couple of years prior. Sure. Which probably means, yeah, like right at the heart of a lot of the old British-Irish issues. Yeah. But that also doesn't mean that as a Western European, he doesn't have some biases sure. toward Eastern Europe. Right. So he was writing this in the 90s. The prior 90s. Right. The prior 90s. <laughs> not the Nirvana 90s. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we left in pretty good time and came after nightfall to Klossenburg. Here, I stopped for the night at Hotel Royale. Most original name right. ever. <laughs> the Royale is a burger it's like the Red Mar Robin. <laughs> it's like the Marriott of 1890s Europe. <laughs> I had dinner, or rather, a or rather supper, a chicken done up some way with red pepper, which was very good, but thirsty. Memo, what? get recipe for Mina. He says that. That's that, in the in that, the yes book. Yes, <laughs> that's not you adding a comment. That's, no, that's actually get, written. Get recipe for Mina. Is your oh name Mina? I don't think no. so. <laughs> I that that's also going to be something we do over on Patreon. We're going to cook the actual dishes mentioned in Dracula, except for like the human ones. Anyway, oh right. I asked the waiter, and he said it was called Paprika Hindle. Okay. And as far as I can see, it's some sort of chicken stroganoff, but whatever. Oh. Um, I've done that before and I can do it again. Okay. And that, 
as it was a national dish, I should be able to get it anywhere along the Carpathians. And the Carpathians refers to a mountain chain. Oh. Is east, parts of Eastern Europe, especially as you get a little more Southern, uh, tend to get really mountainous and that increases your isolation, which increases spooky factor. Oh. I found my smattering of German very useful here. Indeed, I don't know how I should be able to get on without it. And personal note, I can attest that Eastern European languages, because my mom is from Croatia, former mm -hmm. Yugoslavia, yep. they, they're, it, there's very distinct languages and dialects, but there's also a mishmash sort of thread running through them that, okay. you know, my, my grandfather, Ivan, uh, spoke Istrian, but he also knew enough to kind of pick up some Russian when he was doing some work. So, you know, fascinating. Yeah. We can talk about okay. that more offline, but annotation, yeah. baby. Yeah. There we go. Here we go. Having had some time at my disposal when in London, I had visited the British Museum and made search among the books and maps in the library regarding Transylvania. It had struck me that some foreknowledge of the country could hardly fail to have some importance in dealing with a nobleman of that country. He is a Ravenclaw! He's an accountant Ravenclaw! And also, um, Shades of Pausanias... Because remember when we did the Fuck the Romans holiday episode? Right. And they read, I mean, honestly, how long has it been since we actually bought a travel guide book? Right. <laughs> yes. In the old days, that's what you fucking did, right? And yeah. by old days, I mean the 2000s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's where you would go to get your information. Like that was the internet back then. Yeah. And also Transylvania, um, just because I love etymology. Transylvania across the woods. Oh my goodness. Wow. Sylvania is woods, a sylvan retreat, a forest retreat. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. I find that the district he named is in the extreme east of the country, just on the borders of three states Transylvania, Moldavia, and Bo Bu Bukovina. Bukovina. I, we oh yeah disclaimer here we butcher some of this stuff horribly we some try our best. we do well but some of if it if any we of fail. you are Bukovinian <laughs> we apologize yes. <laughs> in the midst of the Carpathian Mountains mm -hmm. one of the wildest and least known portions of Europe dun 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 I actually uh, went to college with a girl from Transylvania. For real? Mm -hmm. Her family escaped because the part of Transylvania she lived in was uh, part of communist Hungary back oh. in the 90s. Uh, and so her family family escaped and she had a crazy story. And yeah, but Hungarian, uh, but from Transylvania. Mm -hmm. Wow. Amazing. Okay. I was not able to light on any map or work giving the exact locality of the Castle Dracula, as there are no maps of this country as yet to compare with our own ordnance survey maps. Oh my God, he's a map snob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, he's a map snob. I love it. Yep. <laughs> yes. But I found that Bistritz, the post town named by Count Dracula, is a fairly well-known place. 
I shall enter here some of my notes as they may refresh my memory when I talk over my travels with Mina. And by post town, he's talking about so even though there were trains, you know, already for several decades, mm-hmm. um, by 1897, you still had carriages to take you to the lesser known offshoots. Like carriages were the discount regional airlines. Oh. And so you would pick them up at uh, these hubs. So you would go in, you would take the train from Vienna to Budapest. And then from Budapest, if you weren't going on to another major city, you would go to like a decent regional town like Bistritz. And that's where, you know, you would go there by carriage and you'd pick up another carriage to a smaller, like, you know, and even more discount (laughs) local airline. (laughs) Got it. Um, Yeah, there you go. Okay. And I'm guessing eventually we're going to learn who Mina is. Yes. Okay. But by the fact that he's referring to her by her first name, it's either biological family or uh, he's married or engaged to her. Okay. That's they're, the only they're very they... familiar using first name. Yes. The, otherwise, okay. especially in this time period, because this is late Victorian, okay. um, especially in England, it would be Miss whatever her last name is. Ah, okay. So in the population of Transylvania, oh my God, he Wikipedia'd. <laughs> <laughs> He goddamn Wikipedia, Transylvania. He's travel planning. <laughs> but from a writer's perspective, seriously, this is like a little too much as you know, Bob. <laughs> and in our case, it would be as you know, Bob, the red toga. <laughs> Add in a dash of goddamn and secundinous. In the population of Transylvania, there are four distinct nationalities, Saxons in the south and mixed with them, the Wallachs who are the descendants of the Dacians. Don't ask me. I don't know. I'm glad you got this paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) Mayars, or as, so I would say it Mayars based on how I know the pronunciation from like Croatian stuff. Okay. It could be Magyar. I don't know, but it's similar to the word major. Oh. I think. Okay. But I would say Mayars in the West. Uh, Zeklis, Zekelis. Uh, I apologize sure. for <laughs> any Zekelinians <laughs> in the east and north. I am going among the latter. God damn it, the Zekelians, the Zekelis, of course, uh, who claim to be descended from Attila and the Huns. This may be so, for when the Mayars conquered the country in the 11th century, they found the Huns settled in it. Uh, I read and know every superstition in the world is gathered into the horseshoe of the Carpathians. Okay, we're going to have to Google map this shit. And yeah, <laughs> also, I'm going to interrupt my own flow because there's a book by Simon Winder or Winder, however you, he pronounces his last name, mm-hmm. called uh, Danubians. And it's about the history of this entire region. And it's so freaking good. Anyway, cool. Um, as if it were the center of some sort of imaginative whirlpool. We're going to find out he's a Ravenclaw with imagination. <gasps> That's if the so, best! 
or worst. (laughs) (laughs) So my stay may be very interesting. Memo, I must ask the Count about all about them. (laughs) You do that, Jonathan. You do that. And I'm piecing together. He's got ADHD because he has to write notes to himself to remember shit. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) He's an accountant. He's a Ravenclaw. He's a creative Ravenclaw. Are you feeling a little triggered, Jen? And he's got ADHD. I feel so seen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, and this next sentence is so me. I did not sleep well. Raise your hand if you have slept well at any point in the past three years. Bueller? Bueller? (laughs) Though my bed was comfortable enough, for I had all sorts of queer dreams. I I rarely have dreams that I remember, but Oh my God, I dream every freaking night and it's always a zombie apocalypse, an alien invasion, (laughs) or I'm some sort of spy carrying a secret that I don't even know and I'm like on the run from people. Oh. Every freaking night. If I have dreams that I remember, it's usually about work and that's that's not good. But yeah, anyway. Nothing relevant to my everyday life actually appears in my dreams. It's <laughs> always like, how did I end up on this ship dressed in army fatigues training how to use a laser gun? Oh my God, aliens are invading Earth and I'm part of the thing that's got to <laughs> stop them. No. <laughs> okay. He didn't sleep well, even though the bed was comfy because he was having weird dreams. There was a dog howling all night under my window. God damn it, Bandit. (laughs) Which may have had something to do with it. Or it may have been the paprika, for I had to drink up all the water in my carafe and was still thirsty. Boy, you had to piss. It's not the paprika. Nobody (laughs) stays up because of paprika. You had to piss. Towards morning, I slept. And don't you hate that? You finally fall asleep in the morning and then it's time to wake up. Yes, uh, yeah. especially like 15 minutes before sunrise when yeah. some dog whose name rhymes with Mandit <laughs> jumps into bed and yeah. tramples me to find his little comfy circle yeah. again. Yeah. Towards mm-hmm. morning, I slept and was wakened by the continuous knocking at my door. <sighs> Hello, Edgar Allan Poe. So I guess I must have been <laughs> sleeping soundly then. I had for breakfast more paprika. <laughs> And a, and a sort of porridge of maize flour, which they said was mam- mamaliga. It's polenta. Oh, okay. I, l- yes, I actually yes. looked this up because I yeah. was researching the recipes. Yep. And mamaliga is basically a little bit more cooked and gelled version of polenta. Okay. So, so maize you can act- flour is corn. Yeah. And you, that's, it's basically yeah. cornbread because yeah. you can mamaliga mamaliga is you can cut it and serve it in slices whereas polenta is more well porridge consistency uh we've made polenta at school that's well very well done to the point where you can slice it yeah is it's just a matter of cooking it an extra couple minutes name of polenta it's no it's my people's polenta you eat with spoon Oh, that's called grits, honey. Yeah, I'm. Oh my god, that's called grits. We should probably add on Patreon, like me making my shrimp and grits. Yeah, mm-hmm. grits anyway. and polenta are the same thing. They're just 
cooked. I know what I'm making tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by this idea of putting paprika in breakfast food. Apparently they put paprika in everything. That's kind of like chapter. I guess that's like me putting sriracha on everything. Or eating jalapeno chips. Anyway. Yeah. Jalapeno chips for breakfast. Jalapeno chips for lunch. Anyway. Okay. So he's got his... His maize flour, mamaliga. We're going to have to learn how to say that one. <laughs> oh, my God. And eggplant stuffed with force meat. Yay, yay. Sausage. A very, yeah, a very excellent dish, which they call impletata. Memo, get recipe <laughs> for this also. <laughs> this is like his Pinterest board. <laughs> I had to hurry breakfast for the train started a little before eight, or rather it ought to have done so, for after rushing to the station at 7.30, I had to sit in the carriage for more than an hour before we get before we began to move. We are 15 in line for <laughs> takeoff. <laughs> it seems to me that the further east you go, the more unpunctual are the trains. What ought they to be in China? Oh, Funny, but shit. Ooh, ooh, he went there. Boy, Damn. Boy, boy, boy. How Honestly, rude. They're, they're probably more on time in China than they right? are in B Streets. Oh, my God. Wow. All day long, we seem to dawdle through a country, i.e. it was the milk train and stopped at every goddamn stop, uh, <laughs> which was full of beauty of every kind. Way to go, Descriptive. That's a southern compliment. <laughs> it was cute. Isn't that sweet? It's a backhanded compliment. It was so nice. It was pretty. It was really, really pretty. We seem to dawdle. <laughs> it's it's oh, complaining. We took our time because but... it was pretty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes we saw little towns or castles on top of <laughs> steep hills, such as we see in old missiles which is like an old, tiny woodcut pamphlet. Okay. Sometimes we ran by rivers and streams, which seemed from the wide stony margin on each side of them to be subject to great floods. Oh, my God. He's like, it's a (laughs) trickling mountain stream. But you know what? Based on the trajectory and angles. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a lot of water and running strong to sweep the outside edge of a river clear. Okay. <laughs> At total state. ADHD, Ravenclaw. Yes. <laughs> Punchable. Uh, <laughs> at every station, there were groups of people, sometimes crowds, and sometimes not, and in all sorts of attire. Oh, really? Really? Okay. Oh, that's a dig. That's a subtle. Yeah, Dig. they were. Some of them were dressed properly. Uh, basically, saying some of them were dressed in a civilized manner in terms of suits and whatever, and some of right. them were wearing peasant rags. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Some of them oh. were just like the peasants at home, <laughs> or those coming through France and Germany. Did I oh. mention that there was a Western European bias here? Yeah, yeah. With the short jackets and round hats and homemade trousers, bitch, you try living off of barley and finding budget for your fashion yeah um but others were very picturesque oh my god isn't that quaint oh my god kind of like the romans going to naples for ancient greek culture yeah um the women looked pretty except when you got near them i.e close enough to smell but they were very clumsy about the waist 
Oh, <gasps> you mean- Did he just call them fat? He was implying that they were too poor to afford corsets. <gasps> but also, um, they wouldn't want to wear corsets because if they were peasants or laborers, you try harvesting whatever yeah. it is or scrubbing floors and wearing a corset. I know my great-great-grandmother did that, but still, like, it's That's not nuts. fucking easy, okay? Yeah. They all had full white sleeves of some kind or other, and most of them had big belts with a lot of strips of something fluttering from them like the dresses in a ballet. Really, um, Brahm, we need to have a talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> but of course, there were petticoats under them. The strangest figures we saw were the Slovaks, as in oh. Czechoslovaks, who were more barbarian than the rest mm. with their mm -hmm. big cow-boy hats, great baggy dirty white trousers, white linen shirts, and enormous heavy leather belts, nearly a foot wide, all studded over with brass nails. They wore high boots with their trousers tucked into them and had long black hair and heavy black mustache. They are very picturesque, but do not look prepossessing as in a bitch. I'd never have them ever for Tay. Oh, on the stage, they would be set down at once as some old, I hate to say this word, oriental Ugh. band of brigands. They are, however, I am told, very harmless and rather wanting in natural self-assertion. Oh. They look fierce, but they're just so cute. Oh, my God. Okay, I don't like Jonathan Harker anymore. <laughs> right? I mean, he is a product of his place and time. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, you know, is, yeah. and granted, there are pieces of this book that are extremely interestingly provocative and progressive, but <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I warned you. This isn't one of those aspects. This is not one of those moments. Okay. It was on the dark side of twilight when we got to- What? No hour and minute? <laughs> Bistritz, which is a very interesting old place. Being practically on the frontier. Oh, how quaint of you to say so. <laughs> For the Borgo Pass leads from it into Bukovina. It has had a very stormy existence and it certainly shows marks of it. Okay, I will say that uh, there's a running joke in my family between my mom and my dad, because my dad was from India, which has like an 8,000, 10,000-year history, and my mom, who's from Croatia, which it, he used to tease her that like basically their claim to fame was that they fucking survived <laughs> because, you know, they've been invaded, 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 and this is a reference to that like wow. this Balkan area because okay. it's a way into Western Europe and a way into Eastern Europe. Got it. It's always been a vulnerable point of invasion. Wow. And he's basically dissing on them for. it. Well, I mean, yeah. Jonathan Harker is kind of like, ah, look at this. It's quaint. My dad was like, oh my God, you guys, you are literally the goulash of culture because yeah. everything has been, been imposed on you by invasion yeah okay mm -hmm. 
50 years ago, a series of great fires took place, which made terrible havoc on five separate occasions. At the very beginning of the 17th century, it underwent a siege of three weeks and lost 13,000 people, the casualties of war proper being assisted by famine and disease. I mean... So he's giving us a history lesson, too. Basically, he's showing his Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah. And just... Uh, uh, I'm just pulling up one figure here. So, um, the reign of terror during the French Revolution lasted just nine months, and approximately 10,000 people died during wow. that. Okay. Okay. He's saying a siege of three weeks and 13,000 people died. So he's exaggerating. No. Or no. no. He, uh, he, I'm just giving it for scale. Like, oh, okay, okay. So we think of the French Revolution as this incredible, terrifying time. And okay. at the height of it, the one year known as the terror, 10,000 people died. Okay. Got it. But that's like nine months. He's saying in three weeks, it wasn't 10,000 people. It was 13,000 people who died. In a much shorter period of time. This yeah. was That's like just, literally yeah. 10 people around you dropping dead every day. Damn. I'm not going to question your math on that. We'll go with it. I, I, again. We'll trust. Yeah. It's literary. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Count Dracula had directed me, I, I learned the pronunciation from British Museum, had directed <laughs> me to go to the Golden Crone Hotel. That's like the best Western. It's a step down <laughs> from the period. <laughs> Which I found to my great delight to be, wait for it, thoroughly old-fashioned. <laughs> For, of course, I wanted to see all I could of the ways of the country. Oh, my God. <laughs> he feels like he's going vlamping or glamping, glamping. There's <laughs> he's going native, bitch. <laughs> I was evidently expected, for when I got near the door, I faced a cheery-looking elderly woman, I'm not going to suggest any kind of Aunt Jemima reference here, in the apron, uh, front and back, of colored stuff fitting almost too tight for modesty. Wow. Basically, Bram Stoker had a thing against, um, you know, plus-size Eastern European women. Apparently. Right. When I came close, she bowed and said, the Herr Englishman. Yes, I said, Jonathan Harker. <laughs> she smiled, and we know what kind of smile she gave him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and gave some message to an elderly man in white shirt sleeves. Secundinus, get the room ready. <laughs> Who had followed her to the door. He went, but immediately returned with a letter. <gasps> Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> My friend, welcome to the Carpathians. I am anxiously expecting you. Sleep well tonight. <laughs> At three tomorrow, the diligence will start for Bukovina. 
Diligence was a form of carriage. A place on it is kept for you. At the Borgo Pass, my carriage will await you and will bring you to me. I trust that your journey from London has been a happy one. And Last one you'll have! And that you will enjoy your stay in my beautiful land. Your friend, Dracula. <laughs> I feel like I've read this before. I think it's from a Nigerian prince. <laughs> and he needs some money. He needs just 50 bucks and he's going to lend you. Contact he's gonna me send you time. back. I hope you have good travels. Just send me 50 bucks and I'll send you 10,000 back. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think we're gonna have to do a small Patreon uh, snorkel on scams we've encountered because oh I have one that is like That's a great. story and a half in and of itself. So <laughs> for May or May fourth, May the fourth be with you. <laughs> May fourth for you, non-British savages. <laughs> I found that my landlord had got a letter from the Count. Yeah, you said that already, bitch. Directing him to secure the best place on the coach for me, because that would be in terms of where you sat on a coach. Mm -hmm. That actually mattered because you would be facing forward in the direction the coach was going and you'd be next to the window. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But because the worst place was facing backwards, in the middle. Right. Yeah. And if you sat like three across, yeah. But on making inquiries as to details, he seemed somewhat reticent. Bitch, don't ask. And pretended that he could not understand my German. (laughs) (laughs) This is not anything that any tourist has ever encountered ever. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. I've done that once actually too, to somebody who was British and a teenager and was like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the lavatory. I'm like, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> anyway, long story. This could not be true because up to then he had understood it perfectly. Oh, we got that. Yeah. At least he answered my questions exactly as if he did. So basically, he's giving you the, you think I'm barbarian, I think you're stupid. Right. (laughs) He and his wife, the old lady, in the super tight provocative apron, (laughs) received me, looking at each other in a frightened sort of way. Wow. He wants to pay in crypto. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Johan. He wants to pay in crypto. Is he creep? <laughs> he mumbled out that the money had been sent in a letter. Crypto, I tell you, it was crypto. <laughs> God, Dracula puts the crypt in crypto. <laughs> and there we have the title of the episode. <laughs> when I asked him if he knew Count Dracula and could tell me anything of his castle, both he and his wife crossed themselves. 
<laughs> and saying that they knew nothing at all. I know nothing, nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> Have you you've seen Hogan's Heroes, right? Absolutely. I oh loved my god. Hogan's okay. Heroes. Yeah. Probably another one of those shows that if I watched it now, I would be horribly offended by stuff in the episode. But when I was a tiny little kid watching it with my parents, it was freaking hysterical. And I think we're going to have to do a true crime episode on Patreon because do okay. you know about Bob Crane, the guy who played Hogan? No. I'm not going to say anything else. It's going to happen. Anyway. Okay. Um, <clears throat> All right. So they cross themselves. They cross themselves, which is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and saying that they knew nothing at all, simply refused to speak further, which I I don't know if you were less of like a product of your era and slightly racist, bigoted, whatever it is, you'd be like, oh, maybe I should actually take this. But then we wouldn't have a book. Um, right. It was so near the time of starting that I had no time to ask anyone else, for it was all very mysterious and not by any means comforting. Well, at least he got that hint. <laughs> oh, just before I was leaving, the old lady came up to my room and said in a very hysterical way, Must you go? Oh, young hair. And now that voice is too high-pitched and young-sounding. Make it like a smoker. Must you go? There you go. Oh. <laughs> the Marge Simpson sisters. Yeah, just- oh, young hair. Must you go? I can't do it. I can't keep it up. Do you want me to do it? She, she must was you in- go. Oh, must you young go? Hair, must you go? There we go. She was in such an excited state that she seemed to have lost her grip of what German she knew and mixed it all up with some other language, which not I did helpful, not know bitch. at all. <laughs> I was just able to follow her by asking many questions when I told her that I must go at once and that I was engaged on important business. She asked again, Do you know what day it is? <laughs> I, I, answer, even... <laughs> I answered that it was the 4th of May. You're the 4th of May, weren't you? <laughs> she shook her head as she said again, Oh, yes, yes, I know that. I know that. But do you understand what day it is? <laughs> on my saying that I did not understand, she went on. It is the eve of St. Giorgio's Day. Do you not know that tonight, when the clock strikes midnight, all the evil things in the world will have full sway? Do you know where you are going and what you are going to <laughs> She was in such evident distress that I tried to comfort her, but without effect. Finally, she went down on her knees and implored me not to go, at least to wait a day or two before starting. It was all very ridiculous, but I did not feel comfortable. However, there was business to be done, and I could allow nothing to interfere with it. Hashtag, I, <laughs> I joined the dot-com movement in the 90s. <laughs> I therefore tried to raise her up and said as gravely as I could that I thanked her, but my duty was imperative and that I must go. She then rose and dried her eyes and, taking a crucifix from her neck, offered it to me. I did not know what to do, for, 
as an English churchman, I've been taught to regard such things as in some measure idolatrous, and yet it seemed so ungracious to refuse an old lady meaning so well, and in how, such a state of mind. How quaint. How quaint, bitch. Right. Really? Go there. Yeah. Go there with the quaintness. See how you feel in like two chapters. Right. She saw, I suppose, the doubt in my face. for she put she's the not a fucking idiot. Right. <laughs> for she put the rosary around my neck and said, For your mother's, mother's sake. <laughs> and went out of the room. I am writing up this part of the diary whilst I am waiting for the coach, which is, of course, late. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the crucifix is still round my <laughs> neck. Whether it is the old lady's fear or the many ghostly traditions of this place or the crucifix itself, I do not know, but I am not feeling nearly as easy in my mind as usual. If this book should ever reach Mina before I do, let it bring my goodbye. Here comes the coach. That was sudden. <laughs> He's like, I'm a sensible Anglican and don't believe in such idolatrous things, but goodbye, Mina. <laughs> but he thought the coach is coming and he takes the time to write that down. Bye-bye. <laughs> but also, um, just to point out, I don't know if you remember as you were getting ready for your trip to England and mm -hmm. Paris. Yes. We did an episode uh about Walpurgis night i it was the something. it was the one about the saint uh it's coming back to me slowly yeah it was a episode at the beginning of may right and it was about the eastern central and eastern european uh beliefs that the evening between april 30th and may 1st is basically their version of halloween Okay, this is it's fuzzy, and but the, it's coming. There back. was a saint, yeah. uh, Walpurga. Yes, yes. So nothing is new because also yes. we talked about Dracula's guest in that okay. episode. Okay, I I have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> You're going to have to go back, and I'm sure you will Ravenclaw while I read the next thing and come nope. up with the actual episode number. <laughs> I'm already on it. Read slow. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking. It doesn't happen in like, real time like that. May 5th or 5 May, whatever. The it's castle. The, it's called the Spooky Saint, episode 66. I wanted to say the Spooky Saint, but I wasn't sure. But anyway, there you go. See? Episode 66. I mean, 666. Whatever. No. <laughs> no coincidences there, bitch. Yeah. The gray of the morning had passed, and the sun is high over the distant horizon, which seems jagged, whether with trees or hills I know not, for it is so far off that big things and little are mixed. Honestly, I agree with that, because tree lines yeah. and mountaintops? Yeah. Yeah. When it's far off, like he's describing, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. I am not sleepy. I mean, who would sleep being jostled on a carriage with no shock absorbers? Oh, right. And you're talking like wood and metal just jouncing you up and down. Right. And as I am not to be called till I awake, naturally I write till sleep comes, which apparently still isn't happening. Right. <laughs> there are many odd things to put down, and lest who reads them may fancy that I dined too well before I left Bistritz, including the paprika. <laughs> Let me put down my dinner exactly. Oh my God, it's oh. a fucking food diary. What I <laughs> ate in a day. 
<laughs> no, this is this is those uh, blog posts with the recipes where you got to read a whole bunch of useless shit at the beginning before you get to the recipe at the bottom. Of the, oh, you the just post. hit jump to recipe? <laughs> Not all of them have that. <laughs> That's true. Some of the older ones don't. But I did see an excellent meme lately that said, uh, if you ever wanted to confess to a murder, confess yeah. it in a recipe blog post Yeah, with a jump to recipe button. Yeah, because nobody reads the blog post. Nobody will see that. <laughs> And now we come to another recipe that we're going to make on Patreon. Okay. I dined on what they called robber steak. Ooh. It's a bacon, onion, and beef seasoned with red pepper and strung on sticks and roasted over the fire in the simple style of London cat's meat. Well, that Ew. fucking spoiled it. Oh my God. Does he mean literally cat's meat? Oh my God. So cat's meat probably by this time had come to mean something else, but right. back in the day, uh, yeah. Uh, but, okay. you know, yay for English cuisine, but let's go back to the fact that it's bacon, onion, and beef with red pepper and barbecued. Uh, yeah. Hello. I'm right? all over this. <laughs> I could do this. So on board. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Still me. Still yep. me. Yeah. Um, go figure. The wine was golden mediashk. Sure. Uh, which I think I kind of know what that is, um, which produces a queer sting on the tongue, which is, however, not disagreeable. <laughs> I had only a couple glasses of this and nothing else. And so, so you know, there's a difference between um, the two Greek. There's Metaxa and then there's the other thing, which is the Greek brandy. Um, okay. So what is the word for it? Damn it. Anyway. We've discussed this before and the word escapes me right now as well. But I think it's funny that he's talking about the sting on the tongue. It sounds like um, like this is Boone's farm. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this what is he's talking about is um, there's Metaxa and there's Uzo. So Uzo, Uzo is- there's the word. Yeah. What we're actually talking about is sort of the Metaxa, which, um, which if you look at Mediax, is kind mm -hmm. of, again, sort of that. I the spelling is different. The pronunciation is eh, okay, but yeah. it's not entirely super different, and it's sort of this super sweet um, raisin wine that also has like a bit of a peppery bite behind it, like brandy does. Okay, because you know how brandy has like that peppery aftertaste. I I'm a vodka girl. Okay. Well, at some point you will taste brandy and you'll be like, okay, yeah, it's sweet, but then there's pepper. Interesting. Black, there's like literally it's sugar and then black pepper. Huh. I I like those flavors. Well, okay. We're going to have to, we're going to have to try this out anyway. Anyway. Moving along. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> um, there we are. Okay. I lost my place. <laughs> Between the brandy and the spooky saint. Right. right. <laughs> when I got on the coach, the driver had not taken his seat and I saw him talking with the landlady. Oh my God. He's like 
he's the micromanager. It really is. I would hate to work for him. Yeah, yeah. He'd they were. Like, um, are, are you are you are you going to uh, be just talking there, or you know, because we right. got some things to do. Some- like, let's focus on <laughs> our meta priorities. <laughs> right. <laughs> Punchable. <laughs> they were evidently talking of me for every now and then. They looked at me and some of the people who were sitting on the bench outside the door, which they call by a name meaning word bearer, came and listened and then looked at me, most of them pityingly. I could hear a lot of words, often repeated, queer words, for there were many nationalities in the crowd. So I quietly got my p- polyglot dictionary. Polyglot dictionary, yep polyglot dictionary from my bag and looked them out. Doesn't he mean look them up? No, look them out is okay. It's a British uh, idiom. Okay. I must say they were not cheering to me (laughs) for amongst (laughs) them were or dog, Satan, Pokol, hell, Stregoika, witch, Vrolok, and Vuxol, Oh my God, Vukoslak, <laughs> both Vukoslak. of which, both of which mean the same thing. One being Slovak and the other Serbian, or Serbian, for something that is either werewolf or vampire. Put a mm. put a pin in that because the confusion between werewolf and vampire will come back. Okay, memo. I must ask the count about these superstitions. <laughs> now, um, I will. Yeah, say you this- do that. You do that. You right. asked the count. <laughs> these these uh, polyglot words. Uh, yes. Strogoika, uh, which, which means witch. Um, mm-hmm. We've encountered that word before in the Russian fairy tales in our Lit Crit oh. Hour on Patreon because yes. Strega is Russian for witch. Ah, uh, yes. Yep, so, yep, yep. And you'll find Strega and its okay. variations all throughout um, East Central and Eastern European dialects. So yeah. Wow. But basically his polyglot dictionary Mm -hmm. is again, an unknown, but slightly on the edge of something uncomfortably racist. Uh, it's like using the term pigeon, P-I-D-G-I-N. If you've ever heard the term pigeon English. Nope. So when the British or any any um, Western European power would colonize the people who are already living there would okay. develop sort of a dialect that was between uh, that would incorporate the colonial words and language with their own indigenous words and language. And that uh, melange was called pigeon. Okay. Got so, it. yeah, polyglot and pigeon are mm, kissing cousins. Okay. So, this is not Google Translate. This, this is, is not Google Translate. This is not even a bad MTL or machine translation. Got this it. This is, okay, yeah, true. There were polyglot things, but meh. yeah. When we started, the crowd round the indoor, which had by this time swelled to a considerable size. <laughs> Look, is man strangling himself with necktie? <laughs> All made the sign of the cross and pointed two fingers towards me. Oh my God, my mother does that. She doesn't make the sign of the cross, but she will like 
So if you use your forefinger and your pinky, like the that's the two fingers. Like when you do that um, at a okay. concert, okay, you see like metal heads with the forefinger yeah. and pinky, and they're making devil horns. But those horns are also like warding off the evil eye in Eastern European traditions. Okay, so they're basic, basically making the heavy heavy metal evil eye warding sign against him because they're like, fuck, you're about to get fucked, dude, and we don't want your bad luck. Wow. They're not blessing him. They're like, stay the fuck away from me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's something that if you didn't have an Eastern European background, you wouldn't get. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, with some difficulty, I got a fellow passenger to tell me what they meant. He would not answer at first, but on learning that I was English, he explained that it was a charm or guard against the evil eye. Ah, there you go. Wow. But he, again, we have the gap in the translation because he didn't say, because you're the bad luck and they're warding themselves against the evil eye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, I actually have a charm necklace that has that. Oh. I'll I'll post a picture of it. Yeah. This this speaks very this is very triggering to my Eastern European side. This was not very pleasant for me. Just starting for an unknown place to meet an unknown man. <laughs> the dangers of doing business over the internet. There's a Dateline episode about this. <laughs> yes. But everyone seemed so kind-hearted and so sorrowful and so sympathetic that I could not be but touched. Okay, James Cameron culturally <laughs> sensitive movie. I shall never forget the last glimpse which I had of the inn yard and its crowd of picturesque figures. Ugh. All crossing themselves because <laughs> they ain't no fools, bitch. Right? Because <laughs> they stood around the wide archway with its background of rich foliage of oleander poisonous and orange trees symbolizing virginity in green tubs clustered in the center of the yard. Wow. He didn't choose those by accident. Oh, okay. Poison and virginity. The driver whose wide linen drawers, (laughs) like they're not dignified enough to be called like, trousers because right. remember the British use pants for okay. units. Got it. Covered the whole front of the box seat. Gotza, they called them. Cracked his big whip over the false four small horses. Um I I see like Mike <laughs> and we set off on our journey. Oh fun, fun, fun. I soon lost sight and recollection of ghostly fears in the beauty of the scene as we drove along. Being a white Englishman, yes, I know the feeling. Although had I known the language, or rather languages, which my fellow passengers were speaking, I might not have been able to throw them off so easily. Before us lay a green sloping land full of forests and woods, with here and there steep hills crowned with clumps of trees or with farmhouses. Sylvania. (laughs) The blank gable end uh, to the road. There was Everywhere, a bewildering mass of fruit blossom, apple, plum, pear, cherry. And as we drove by, I could see the green grass under the trees spangled with the fallen petals. That is a nice detail, actually. 
from a in, literary, from an yeah. editorial perspective? Yeah. In and out amongst these green hills of what they call here the middle land ran mm-hmm. the road, losing itself as it swept round the grassy curve or was shut out by the straggling ends of pine woods, where here and there ran down the hillsides like tongues of flame. Okay, now we're getting into some interesting choices like, oh, look at the petals on the grass. And yeah. now we're in middle land, which kind of idiomatically translates to no man's land. And now oh. we've got tongues of flame. Wow. Okay. The road was rugged, but still we seem uh, we seemed to fly over it with feverish haste. Feverish and flaming. Yeah. I could not understand then what the haste meant, but the driver was evidently bent on losing no time in reaching Borgo Prund. I was told that this road is in summertime excellent, but that it had not yet been put in order after the winter snows. Because remember, we're talking the first couple days of May and, right. you know, in that part of the world, snow just yes. disappeared. Yes. In this respect, it is different from the general run of roads in the Carpathians, for it is an old tradition that they are not to be kept in too good order. Mm-hmm. Of old, the hospedars, hospedars. hospedars would not repair them, lest the Turks should think that they were preparing to bring in foreign troops and so hasten the war, which was always really a at loading point. No reference to any kind of political situation today. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, beyond the green swelling hills of Mittelland rose mighty slopes of forest up to the lofty steeps of the Carpathians themselves. Right and left of us, they towered with the afternoon sun falling full upon them and bringing out all the glorious colors of this beautiful range, deep blue and purple in the shadows of the peaks, green and brown where grass and rock mingled, and endless perspective of jagged rock and pointed crags, till these themselves were lost in the distance where the snowy peaks rose grandly. Hello, Instagram filter. (laughs) Here and there seemed mighty rifts in the mountains, through which, as the sun began to sink, we saw now and again the white gleam of falling water. That's when I'd be like, stop, I want to get a picture of that goddamn waterfall. Right. Yeah. One of my companions touched my arm as we swept round the base of a hill and opened up the lofty snow-covered peak of a mountain, which seemed, as we wound on our serpentine which is an interesting choice of words, mm-hmm. way, to be right before us. Look, Eastern Zek, God's seat. And he crossed himself reverently. Ooh, dun, which dun, dun. is interesting because mm-hmm. the words before have been stirgoi and uh, sokol and like all like devil and hell. But now we've got God's seat. Interesting. Because the closer you get, the safer you are by reverencing whatever is threatening you than taking a stand against it. Okay. Makes sense. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it will. Just just okay. give it just give yes. it to me this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
okay. As we wound on our endless way and the sun sank lower and lower behind us, the shadows of the evening began to creep round us. This was emphasized by the fact that the snowy mountaintops still held the sunset and seemed to glow out with a delicate cool pink. Really? Description of a sunset? <laughs> well, God he's describing the, the color on the snowy so reflection. 19th century, I can't even. <laughs> Here, in case you've never seen a sunset before, it's pink. <laughs> Here and there, we passed Czechs, Czechs, Czech. Czechs, Czechs and, and Slovaks. Czechs and Slovaks. The, the spelling has me thrown there. All yep. in picturesque attire. Isn't that I cute? Know, right. But I noticed that goiter goiter like goiter? the medical condition of goiter which is oh the iodine insufficiency I, oh i want to say iodine iodine insufficiency but i know it has to do with the thyroid oh interesting okay but i noticed that goiter was painfully prevalent by the roadside were many crosses and as we swept by my companions all crossed themselves i'll put in that you know they're passing by burial grounds i wouldn't not everybody was going to get that well yeah representation but actually there. so they're not necessarily burial grounds though oh oh they're not no These crosses along the, the side of the road no so this is uh, um and we're going to have to take a small discursion here because a goiter is a disorder of the thyroid gland which causes well. sort of a swelling around the base of your neck which i okay. remember hearing that barbara bush the original barbara bush um, suffered from goiter, which is why she always wore that thick rope of pearls around mm. her neck to hide it. Wow. Um, but in Central, Eastern, and Southern Europe, uh, crosses by the side of the road mark the place where someone has died. Okay, so it, it is representing somebody it's representing dead. death, but it's not a burial ground. It is an individual accident. Got it. And when okay. I was driving through Greece and mm -hmm. through Croatia, <laughs> I was like, at first when I was in Greece, I was like, oh, they're very, very pious. And then I was like, oh, shit, no. Right. People died here. Watch where the fuck you're going. Right. Yeah. We have yeah. a, a, I don't know where this comes from. Mm -hmm. I, I have to think it's a cultural influence that I was not exposed to. Mm -hmm. Is that a, a good way of putting yeah. it? It's a good um, way to start. That you'll pass by areas on the interstate where you will see flowers. Yes. Like flower arrangements. Yes. Like from a florist, just all of a sudden on the side of the interstate, on, yep. the, on the grassy shoulder. Mm -hmm. And my understanding, they look like the flower arrangements that we see at funerals. Yep. So I am putting that together and piecing that somebody died there. And most likely somebody who was part of the Catholic faith. Okay. And so me having spent some years in the Catholic faith, mm -hmm. I still, that's not something I've been exposed to. Right. This, so you know, it, the, the location of the death being 
sacred right. yes. or important so or significant. This is where the Catholic faith kind of turns a blind eye to cultural variation. Yes. Because I, I know that in Latin influenced cultures and Central and Eastern European influenced cultures where there's, you know, some variation of Catholicism or even Orthodox, because uh, there's the Greek Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church and the Eastern right. Orthodox Church. Right. Anything that isn't Protestant, basically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's still a very, very strong tradition of the site of your passing, but also altars. Like you'll okay. see yeah. in, you know, Latin Catholic homes and, you know, Eastern European Catholic homes, you will see like little informal altars even like, oh, I, sure. I hate to say this, but like even my mom has one to my dad, you know? Yeah. And she, she renounced formal Catholicism, but you know, the way you're raised and your instinct is strong so that, right. you know, you have pictures and flowers and little mementos and things, uh, you know, Yes. My dad's ashes are in my study and they're on my bookshelf and I have a little informal altar to him because that's how I grew up. You right. Know? Yes. And so yeah. that's what he's passing and he's trying, he's, he is you in that moment being like, okay, I think I've seen this before. Right. You know, yeah. this yeah. is an episode for the re-education of other gen. Yes. <laughs> in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, so by the roadside, crosses swept by, and as they go by, the companions on the train all or the carriage would all cross themselves. Yep. Here and there was a peasant man or woman kneeling before a shrine. Here we go. See, we should have just kept reading. Who did not even turn round as we approached, but seemed in the self-surrender of devotion to have neither eyes nor ears for the outer world. There I mean, nice way to describe parental grief, but whatever. Yeah. There were many <laughs> things new to me. I feel you, buddy. For instance, <laughs> hay ricks in the trees and here and there very beautiful masses of weeping birch, their white stems shining like silver through the delicate green of the leaves. Is it interesting that he used the word silver there? Or am I well, reading too much into that? I mean, again, he has a bit of an imagination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the hayricks are haystacks. In the trees. In the trees. And they would keep them there so that animals would not fuck with them, basically. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. If you've, I mean, if you've ever read Little House on the Prairie, the series, there's a moment where Laura uh, can't help herself and she jumps and slides down the haystacks that Mm -hmm. Pa has painstakingly built up. Okay. And destroys them. So animals mm. love to play. Yeah. And we've seen that in a number of YouTube videos. And that's what they like to do. Like okay. they'll pounce in leaves and haystacks. Yeah. Okay. Now and again, we passed a liter wagon, the ordinary peasant's cart, with its long snake-like vertebrae calculated to suit the inequalities of the road. On this were sure to be seated quite a group of homecoming peasants, 
the Czechs and their white, and the Slovaks with their colored sheepskins, the latter carrying lance fashion, their long staves with axe at end. Okay, I did not follow all of that. So interestingly, this is one of those things where when you and I grew up, we learned Czechoslovakia. Okay, right. Right? Yes. And then in the 90s, they're like, uh, bitches, if everybody else is getting their freedom, we want our freedom too, because the Czechs and Slovaks are different. Oh, okay. I mean, kissing cousins culturally, but also very different. And sure. so this is a hearken, hearkening back to before uh, they were smushed together when they were Czechs and Slovaks. Ah, uh, okay. And so what's the white and the colored sheepskins? So um, you can wear, you can have white leather sheepskin vests. Like remember uh, sheepskin coats? Okay. Where it's like the sort of tan with the sheepskin wool on the inside. Oh, okay. Yes. And sometimes you can dye what's on the inside or you can dye the skin. Like it, you know. Uh, I'm not exactly sure okay. what is being dyed here, but it's clear that some, you know, the Czechs preferred it undyed and the Slovaks preferred it dyed. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, and so the, and here the Slovaks are carrying these um, sort of long spears, but they're, they've got like an ax handle, like an ax head at one end of it. Not a double ax, but like it's okay. a, it's a long pointy thing, but slightly below the point, there's probably an axe. Okay. As the evening fell, it began to get very cold, and the growing twilight seemed to merge into one dark mistiness, the gloom of the trees, oak, beech, and pine, though in the valleys, which ran deep between the spurs of the hills. As we ascended through the pass, the dark firs stood out here and there against the background of late-lying snow. Dude needs an editor. Sometimes. Well, but also, like, if you, I mean... You've been in Carolina, yes. like butt fuck Carolina without yes. lights. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hello, run on sentence. <laughs> Sometimes, as the road was cut through the pine woods that seemed in the darkness to be closing down upon us, great masses of grayness, which here and there bestrewed the trees, produced a peculiarly weird and solemn effect, which carried on the thoughts and grim fancies engendered earlier in the evening, when the falling sunset threw into <laughs> strange relief ghost-like clouds, which amongst the Carpathians seemed to wind endlessly through the valleys. <sighs> This is why Photoshop has been a blessing to all of us. <laughs> okay. I, th I think the whole rest of these like 10 lines is one sentence. Yep. Okay. Deep breath. <sighs> Sometimes the hills were so steep that despite our driver's haste, the horses could only go slowly. I can say that. I have been drinking vodka. I wished to get down and walk upon them as we do at home, but the driver would not hear of it. No, no, he said. You must not walk here. The dogs are too fierce. 
don't ask what accent that was. I have no idea. <laughs> it's Just Carpathian. Ignore it and move on. <laughs> and then he added, with what he evidently meant for grim pleasantry, for he looked round to catch the approving smile of the rest, and you may have enough of such matters before you go to sleep. What? Jonathan the Harker has been trolled. The only stop he would make was a moment's pause to light his lamps. I mean, basically, Harker <laughs> is in Victorian terms here saying, hey, you know, when shit was like this, we could get down and I could take a piss. <laughs> and this guy is like, hold it to the next rest stop, bitch. Because I'm not stopping. Yeah, we ain't stopping for nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, it is kind of funny because Stoker seems aware enough here that Harker is the cultural fish out of water that, yes. you know. Yeah. But then there are moments when it's like, oh, Stroker, Stroker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Now I have like the 50 line paragraph here. Okay. Yes. When it grew dark, there seemed to be some excitement among the passengers. And he means excitement as in the 19th century term of agitation. Right. Excitement. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, and they kept speaking to him one after the other, as though urging him to further speed. Go faster. <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Hurry up! Please! Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> he lashed the horses unmercifully, fuck you, uh, with his long whip, fuck you again, and with wild cries of encouragement, urged them on to further exertions. Bitch, the horses know already that shit is getting weird. They're trying their right. best. Yeah. Then through the darkness, I could see a sort of patch of gray light ahead of us. Again, sketchy ass moonlight in the boonies yeah as though there were a great cleft in the hills okay you stick with that cleft in the hills <laughs> the excitement of the passengers grew greater the crazy coach rocked on its great leather springs and swayed like a boat tossed on a stormy sea okay <laughs> i had to hold on really <laughs> I didn't know. the road grew more level finally and we appeared to be flying along <laughs> <laughs> speed limits mean nothing a suggestion <laughs> the road grew more uh, then the mountain seemed to come nearer to us on each side and to frown down upon us wow way to go anthropomorphication of mountains yep. we were now entering the Borgo Pass one by one I'm not going to sing the black pink song. Several <laughs> of the passengers offered me gifts, which they pressed upon me with an earnestness, which would take no denial. Thank you, Captain, save an Eastern European. <laughs> These were certainly of an odd and varied kind. <laughs> Great. But each was given in simple good faith with a kindly word and a blessing. And that strange mixture of fear meaning movements, which I had seen outside the hotel at Bistritz, i.e. metal fingers, <laughs> um, the sign of the cross and the guard against the evil eye. Because yep. bitch you it. Then as we flew along, the driver leaned forward and on each side of the passengers craning over the edge of the coach peered eagerly into the darkness. It was evident that something very exciting was either happening or expected. <laughs> I love anticipation. Yes. But though I asked each passenger, no one would give me the slightest explanation. The state of excitement kept on for some little time. 
what no timestamp long and, time or a short time <laughs> <laughs> and for long time or short time he traveled on road <laughs> and no wolf makes it better here just saying <laughs> and at least we saw and at last bef- we saw before us the pass opening out on the eastern side there were dark rolling clouds overhead and in the air the heavy oppressive sense of thunder I have a question here. Yeah. Can you smell thunder? Because I've heard people describe the smell of ozone. Okay. And like thunderstorms. And I grew up in the Midwest. I'm like, I can't smell thunder, bitch. (laughs) Like, I I can (laughs) feel like the heaviness of the air of a thunderstorm, but I can't smell it. Yeah, I don't. Okay, so I'm guessing you're talking about the the burning smell of the lightning. Actually, I never smelled that either. Interacting with the air, with particles in the air, is what I'm presuming. Probably, is but being I've discussed. never smelled that either. So, um, I've never smelled that either. But I do recall when I lived in Ohio, the air would be yellow. When there was a tornado on the way. Yes. We called it green. <laughs> oh, so you, you've seen this? Girl, you've, I grew you've up seen in this Indiana. color. My house has been hit. My house in Indiana was hit by a tornado three times. Kate, no one else has ever known what the hell I'm talking about. Girl, there is like, there's a silence and a heavy greenish yellow vomit color to the sky. No, just the like the air around you. Everything yes. is colored. What I would see is it's a filter. It's I an Instagram it, filter called it is fucking tornado. tornado. Holy shit! You've <laughs> seen the filter. You've seen the yes. tornado filter. Yes. You are the first person who's known what the hell I'm. OG talking also about. knows this. I'm just saying because she grew up even more rural than I did. She grew up in fucking Brownsburg. Oh my god. Yeah. You can see it coming and yes. like the sky gets yellow green bilge yes. and the the air around you gets like thick and everything looks as if it were pretty and foggy but it's yellow. Yes. And yeah. then there's a moment when everything gets like fucking still. No yes. birds, no wind, yeah. no nothing. Yes. I remember I was out in the backyard on mm-hmm. the swing set and I'm a little kid at this point. I like single yep. digit age. Cause 1978, just asking we, for a friend. When, when we left Ohio, <laughs> we left Ohio when I was about 10. So this is me at single digit age. Okay. Yeah. On the swing set in the backyard. And I notice the air has turned yellow. Yep. I go inside and my mother was on her way to come outside to get me because sure enough, tornado. Did you have the air raid siren warnings? No, not that I remember. You didn't have like the woo. I I don't remember anything like that. Well, I I lived like a block and a half from the fire station. So I always remember the woo, like whenever there was a... (laughs) A tornado. Yeah. But did you guys have a basement? We were in a- Or like a sub, like a tri-level basement or something? Yeah. we Our house was a split level. So the, the lowest level was halfway underground. 
halfway yeah, we call that below ground level in Indiana. <laughs> okay, so the the lower level was you know halfway below ground. You still level. had like the little slit windows, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, and so we would go down there, huh. and yeah, that was our yeah. safe place. Yeah. So, yeah. So we we did that too. Like, and so when we got word on the radio that the tornado was actually like sighted and coming like mm. you would open the door and the windows yes because otherwise the pressure would just blow them in right yep yeah but we actually in 1978 our house was hit by a tornado and then a flood because the two happened to go hand in wind wow yeah. and i remember yeah. like the inner walls were blown in. Holy crap. Like I remember the crash and crack. And then like half an hour later the flooding happened. But yeah, like yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the 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 vomit yellow green sky of tornado. Damn. And I'm just like wow, somebody else finally girl. Somebody else we, sees we it. We haven't explored our Midwestern connection. <laughs> deeply yet but anyway um, okay yeah but I would you know because everybody's like oh the ozone smell of thunder I'm like I I don't smell it yeah I don't smell it either but I can tell you the feel of the air when shit's yes. about to go down yep <laughs> okay yes it seemed as though the mountain range had separated two atmospheres and that now we had got into the thunderous one <laughs> Which I mean, to be to be fair, like you know, mountains tend to catch sort of microclimates. Mm -hmm. So you go from you know, here's the scientific explanation that Jonathan Harker was probably looking for. There's like yeah. one slightly okay version of it's just a rainstorm, and then the other that's like, what the fuck is happening here? Right. I was now myself looking out for the conveyance, which was to take me to the count. Hello, <laughs> flagging down a taxi at 1.30 in the morning, half a block from the bar because you're trying to get the, this is the day before Uber. Right. Um, when, yeah, catching taxis. Anyway, each moment I expected to see the glare of lamps through the blackness, but all was dark. <laughs> always use your headlights right uh the only light was the flickering rays of our own lamps in which the steam from our hard driven horses rose in a white cloud now that is actually wow. kind of cool that's quite an image that he just yes. painted there yes. that's a good one good yes. job there there Brown. are moments where it's like really you fucking described a sunset and right. then you're like oh and then you pulled this shit on me right <laughs> we could see now the sandy road lying white before us but there was on it no sign of a vehicle and again i go back to the jurassic park boom, boom. oh oh yes <laughs> oh shit passengers <laughs> drew back with a sigh of gladness which should have tipped you off bitch right um which seemed to mock my own disappointment because you're a fucking idiot right i was already uh thinking what i had best do when the driver looking at his watch said to the others something which i could not hear which probably was like let's leave english idiot here and get our asses back to inn 
Uh, it was spoken so quietly in so low a tone. I thought it was an hour less than the time. He's like, we made good time. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Then turning to me, he said in a German worse than my own. There is no carriage here. The air is not expected after all. He will now come on to Bukovina and return tomorrow or the next day. Better the next day. <laughs> okay, despite Harker's, uh, isn't it cute colonial attitude, these guys are legit trying to save his fucking life. Right? Right? They are. Whilst he was speaking. Being carriage the- driver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whilst he was speaking, the horses began to neigh and snort and plunge wildly. That's your warning sign. (laughs) Always listen to the animals. If you're dating somebody and your dog or cat is like, bitch, I'm going to kill you. Listen to your animal. Yeah. So that the driver had to hold them up. Then amongst a chorus of screams from the peasants and a universal crossing of themselves a kaleshe kalesh kalesh with four horses drove up behind us overtook us and drew up beside the coach and a kalesh is a upscale vehicle oh fancy fancy That's super fancy I because guess, remember he had yeah. four small horses on the carriage yes but this is a kalesh with four horses so it Got means it. these are like bred carriage horses and a fancy like well-appointed this oh, is i this see is, in the next sentence he talks yeah. about it uber xl I could see from the flash of our lamps as the rays fell on them that the horses were coal black and splendid animals. More matched black horses. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, bitch. Yeah. They were driven by a tall man with a long brown beard and a great black hat, which seemed to hide his face from us. Party plus called and they want their disguise back. (laughs) I could only see the gleam of a pair of very bright eyes which seemed red in the lamplight as he turned to us he said to the driver you are early tonight my friend the man stammered in reply the english hair was in a hurry oh that was that's my guy (laughs) sorry you do the english hair was in a hurry to which the stranger replied, That is why, I suppose, you wish them to go to Bukovina. You cannot deceive me, my friend. <laughs> it's my fair. I know too much. And my horses are swift. I have four horsepower versus your <laughs> four pony power. <laughs> Literally, that's where horsepower comes from. Can you hear the sirens outside? I don't know if my mic is picking this up. There's I can't hear it, but it by. may show up on the recording. Let us yeah. know if it does. It's kind of ironic that it's happening at this point. <laughs> Just saying, yeah. But you're still like two and a half days out from Hurricane Ian, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway. We will have to check in with OG, though. Yes. Um, as as he sp- oh. You go. Go ahead. As he spoke, he smiled. <laughs> And the lamplight fell on a hard-looking mouth with very red lips. Ew, 
Oops, I have a thing about red lips. Ugh. <laughs> right? There are like three sirens going by right now. Oh my God, there's there's something really bad happening outside right now. I can't hear it, but get on next door, bitch. Oh, and yeah. sharp looking teeth as white as ivory. And that was my mom opening and closing the door. I heard. <laughs> it would have been better if she'd open it really slow. Yeah, except my husband is like two on the ball and he has oiled all her hinges lately. <laughs> Tell him um, we need a squeaky hinge door for October. <laughs> right? I'll see if he can do that. In between pouring cement in the backyard, right. one of my companions whispered to another the line from Burger's Lenore, which interestingly is about 40 years after uh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, which mentions Lenore. Oh, right. But yeah. Then die Dutten reiten schnell for the dead, for the dead travel fast. Oh, shit. Which. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a hearse, you're certainly going faster than you right. would if you were alive. I'm just saying. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The strange driver evidently heard the words, for he looked up with a gleaming smile. The passenger turned his face away at the same time, putting out his two fingers and crossing himself. Bitch, if that is not a hint, I don't know what is. Damn. Give me the hair's luggage, said the driver. <laughs> and with an exceeding alacrity, bitch was flexible, my bags were handed out and put in the calèche, like <laughs> fastest baggage transfer right? ever. <laughs> no chance his bags are delayed in Amsterdam. <laughs> which has happened to me before. Then I descended from the side of the coach, and as the calèche was close alongside, the driver helped me with a hand which caught my arm in a grip of steel. His strength must have been prodigious. Bitch didn't skip arm day. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> Without a word, he shook his reins and the horses turned, and we swept into the darkness of the pass. Which wow. actually, I that is kind of spooky. Like, yeah. you don't even get a chance to say bye. Right. <laughs> As uh. I looked back, I saw the steam from the horses of the coach. Again, I probably would have edited that out because you've already mentioned it. By the light of the lamps. Yes, you already said that, bitch. And Damn. projected against it the figures of my late companions crossing themselves. Damn. But I do get the image. And yes, it's fucking scary. Yeah. Then the driver cracked his whip again. Why? <laughs> I've used yeah. a crap before. I've ridden horses. I There's a difference. Yeah. And called to his horses. And off they swept on their way to Bukovina. Or I don't know, maybe it's Bukovnia. But oh. as... They yeah. sank into the darkness. I felt a strange chill. Your lizard brain is telling you fuck. Yes. <laughs> and a lonely feeling came after me, but a cloak was thrown over my shoulders and a rug across my knees. And the driver said in excellent German. The night is chill, mein Herr, and my master, the Count, bade me 
take all care of you. There is a flask of Slivovitz. The plum brandy of the country. (laughs) Underneath the seat, if you should require it. And this goes back to the 19th century belief that a shot of brandy could warm you up, even though it's only a temporary dilation of blood vessels that rebounds quickly and uh, doesn't do you good in the long run. I did not take any, but it was a comfort to know it was there all the same. I felt a little strangely and not a little frightened. I think had there been any alternative, I should have taken it instead of prosecuting that unknown night journey. The first time Jonathan Harker shows fucking common sense. (laughs) The carriage went at a hard pace straight along. Then we made a complete turn and went along another straight road. It seemed to me that we were simply going over and over the same ground again. And so I took note of some salient point and found that this was so. Oh, my God. He is following along on the Uber app. (laughs) We're going in circles. I told you to take that turn. (laughs) I would have liked to have asked the driver what this all meant, but I really feared to do so, for I thought that placed as I was, any protest would have had no effect in case there had been an intention to delay. Oh, there's intent, buddy. There's intent. (laughs) Nobody's going to make a problem with that. (laughs) Yeah. By and by, however, as I was curious to know how time was passing, I struck a match and by its flame looked at my watch It was within a few minutes of midnight. Dun, dun, dun. This gave me a sort of shock, for I suppose the general superstition about midnight was increased by my recent experiences. I waited with a sick feeling of suspense. Ooh. (laughs) I just posted a picture of a kalesh. Look at that. Yep, that's fancy. That, Compared to that what is, the description has been for these others. Yeah, think yeah. of like a, a rough old stagecoach with yeah. some sad old horses and then put this kalesh, which seems just fine driven by one horse, but now you've got four. Four horses, right. Yeah. This is that's... like the equivalent of the Mercedes CLK, whatever, whatever, <laughs> you know, extra horsepower as opposed to the tin whistle, like Jeep with four cylinders. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm not bitter about my lack of horsepower on my Jeep. It's okay. Um, then a dog began to howl somewhere in a farmhouse far down the road, a long agonized wailing as if from fear. And I will tell you two nights ago, Bandit woke me up straight from dead sleep because he was howling in his sleep. Oh, damn. You ever want to get the fuck frightened out of you? Yeah. That's Mm. how Mm -hmm. you fucking do it. Damn. The sound was taken up by another dog and then another and another. Oh, shit. And this happens in my neighborhood regularly, usually, because there's a coyote. Hello, Southern California. Till, borne on the wind which now sighed softly 
through the pass. A wild howling began, which seemed to come from all over the country, as far as the imagination could grasp it through the gloom of the night, which, damn, yeah, if you can't see where you are or where you're going, yeah, I can, yeah. At the first howl, the horses began to strain and rear, but the driver spoke to them soothingly, mm. and they quieted down. The horse but shivered whisperer. and sweated through, uh, as though after a runaway from sudden fright. Yeah, this is the <laughs> uh, horse whisperer technique. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then, far off in the distance, from the mountains on each side of us, began a louder and sharper howling, that of wolves, which affected both the horses and myself in the same way, because you guys are fucking normal, and god damn it, if you hadn't, whatever. Um, and this is I no was, Fenrir. <laughs> no, this is no, Fenrir is like, guys can, you know... If you really want meat, you can go to the grocery store. They sell chicken there. <laughs> For I was minded to jump from the kalesh and run whilst they reared again and plunged madly so that the driver had to use all his great strength to keep them from bolting. In a few minutes, however, my own ears got accustomed to the sound and the horses so far became quiet. They're like, fuck. Fuck this, whatever, mm -hmm. fuck my life. <laughs> that the driver was able to descend and to stand before them. He petted and soothed them. Look, you know, <laughs> jerky is jerky. Yep. And whispered something in their ears. And they're, he's probably like, don't do the thing. Right. If you don't do the thing, there's more jerky. Yep. And as I have heard of horse tamers doing... And with extraordinary effect, for under his caresses, they became quite manageable again. I've not read this scenario in any BDSM <laughs> romance novel ever, <laughs> though they still tremble. Oh, my God. Nothing you is fucking there. new. I you hope I am ruining everything for everybody. The driver again took his seat and shaking his reins, started off at a great pace. This time, after going to the far side of the pass, he suddenly turned down a narrow roadway, which sharply ran to the right, because it's important to know it ran to the right. <laughs> because if somebody needs to come find him sometime down the road, you know, down the line, yeah. He, he's it's not like his leave. journal had an air tracker on it, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> and yes, I saw a Google ad for that earlier as I was yes. working on this. Yes. Fuck. Stop listening to me. <laughs> ah, okay. Soon we were hemmed in with trees, which in places arched right over the roadway till we passed as through a tunnel. And again, great frowning rocks guarded us boldly on either side. Though we were in a shelter, we could hear the rising wind, for it moaned and whistled through the rocks, and the branches of the trees crashed together as we swept along. It grew colder and colder still, and fine powdery snow began to fall so that soon we and all around us were covered with a white blanket. So here we are in the first week of May and it's snowing. You know, I've, I've gone driven up from Boston to mm -hmm. like Farmington and Sugarloaf Mountain. Yeah. 
and in Maine. And yes, Paddock, I see, I hear you. Yep. And there is still snow. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it can happen. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's creepy though. Yeah. The keen wind still carried the howling of the dogs, though this grew fainter as we went on our way. The baying of the wolves, not Fenrir, sounded nearer and nearer as though they were closing round on us from every side. I grew dreadfully afraid and the horses shared my fear. The driver, however, was not in the least disturbed. He kept turning his head to left and right, but I could not see anything through the darkness. Suddenly, away on our left, again, weirdly specific, I saw a faint flickering blue faint, blue flame. Sorry, I'm distracted <laughs> by pod dog. The driver saw it at the same moment. He at once checked the horses and jumping to the ground, disappeared into the darkness. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, he didn't. He just left him. This is when your Uber's driver is like, I'll be right back. I'll <laughs> be like, no shit, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. Oh, this fuck. is when I'm like, bye, my Lyft is here. <laughs> Hello, Lyft, if you'd like to sponsor us. <laughs> but again, this goes back to what we talked about a little bit with the Spooky Saint episode. Yes. I did not know what to do. The less as the howling of the wolves grew closer. <laughs> but while I wondered, the driver suddenly appeared again. Back. <laughs> and without a word, took his seat and we resumed our journey. I think I must have fallen asleep and kept dreaming of the incident, for it seemed to be repeated endlessly. And now looking back, it is like a sort of awful nightmare. Um, this is why I this testimony is rarely to be 100% trusted in criminal cases. Just right, saying. right. Yeah. Once the flame appeared so near the road that even in the darkness around us, I could watch the driver's motions. He went rapidly to the where the blue flame arose. It must have been very faint, for it did not seem to illumine the place around it at all. Which is, again, if you're living in a time of a little bit of electricity, but mostly gas and candle, you're going to yes. notice the difference in light quality. Yep. Um, and gathering a few stones, form them into some device. Like, X marks the spot, bitches. Oh, is that what he's doing? Yeah. <gasps> we'll find out in a minute. Okay. Once there appeared a strange optical effect. When he stood between me and the flame, he did not obstruct it. <gasps> oh, shit. Is bitch transparent or is it an Instagram filter? Oh, or I could see its ghostly flicker all the same. This startled me, but as the effect was only momentary, I took it that my eyes deceived me, straining through the darkness. Mm. Hashtag bias confirmation. Right. Then, for a time, there were no blue flames, and we sped onwards through the gloom because my editor was like, bitch, this is getting long. Right. <laughs> Howling the walls around us as though they were following in a moving circle. Damn. Okay. 
At last there came a time when the driver went further afield than he had yet gone, and during his absence the horses began to tremble worse than ever and to snort and scream with fright. I could not see any cause for it, for the howling of the wolves had ceased altogether. That's That's, when you fucking worry. That's fuck. Oh shit. Oh shit. But just then the moon sailing through the black clouds appeared behind the jagged crest of a beetling pine clad rock. I don't know what beetling means. Yeah, we're going to just keep on rolling. (laughs) And by its light, I saw around us a ring of wolves with white teeth and lolling red tongues with long sinewy limbs and shaggy hair. They were a hundred times more terrible in the grim silence which held them than even when they howled. Yeah, yeah. When they're quiet, it's it's about to get hashtag ugly. there with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the calm before the storm. For yeah. myself, I felt a sort of paralysis of fear. It is only when a man feels himself face to face with such horrors that he can understand their true import. And again, it, to a point where nothing is new. Mm-hmm. We've all heard stories of, I carried mace, I carried a whistle, blah, blah, blah. But in the moment when I was actually attacked. You freeze up. You freeze up. Happened to me twice. Thank God I had Denny, my dog. Yeah. Because he was like, I ain't frozen, bitch. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like when you freeze up, you're like, okay. All at once, the wolves began to howl. Mm. This is not a TikTok video. You don't have to be in unison. <laughs> As though the moonlight had some peculiar effect on them. The horses jumped about and reared and looked helplessly round with their eyes that rolled in a way painful to see. I've seen that before. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. But the living ring of terror encompassed them on every side and they had to perforce remain within it. I called to the coachman to come, for it seemed to me, Bueller, uh, <laughs> ring, uh, it seemed to me that our only chance was to try to break out of, to break out through the ring and to the other side um, and to aid his approach. I shouted and beat the side of the kalesh. Okay, that's going to do nothing. <laughs> Hoping by the noise to scare the wolves from that side so as to give them a chance of reaching the trap. Trap is also another word for carriage. Okay. How he came there, I know not, but I heard his voice raised in a tone of imperious command. He is the Eastern European version of César Milan. <laughs> and looking towards the sound, saw him stand in the roadway as he swept his long arms, as though brushing aside some impalpable obstacle, the wolves fell back and f- back further still. Wow. Just then a heavy cloud passed across the face of the moon so that we were again in darkness. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Okay. When I could see again, the driver was climbing into the kalesh and the wolves had disappeared. This was all so strange and uncanny that a dreadful fear came upon me and I was afraid to speak or move. She had to listen to those cute little (laughs) quaint natives. (laughs) The time seemed interminable as the 
as we swept on our way, now in almost complete darkness, for the rolling clouds obscured the moon. We kept on ascending with occasional periods of quick descent, but in the main, always ascending. Suddenly, I became conscious of the fact that the driver was in the act of pulling up the horses in the courtyard of a vast, ruined castle, from whose tall black windows came no ray of light, and whose broken battlements showed a jagged line against the moonlit sky. And that's where we'll stop for today. Oh, shit. Damn. (laughs) Oh, I I just, yeah. Holy crap. A little overwritten, but, you know, they didn't have Google image search in the 1890s. So I'll I'll give it to them. Yeah. Wow. Quite an adventure. Already. Yeah. And that's just chapter one. I need to make. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I'm adding bacon and onions and beef and paprika to the grocery list. (laughs) I have so much paprika already. I'm like, oh, I get to use it? Really? Awesome. (laughs) So what's coming in the next chapter, Kate? (laughs) Well, Jonathan Harker continues live vlogging his Airbnb review for rustic family estate full of off-grid experience of old world charm. (laughs) Oh, boy, I can't wait. (laughs) And while you're listening or recovering from listening, don't forget to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. Yes, for the month of October, we are introducing the Drunk Dracula Gals tier for $1, where you can get these Dracula episodes sooner. But wait, there's more. You also get access to all our other Lit Crit Hour episodes over there on Patreon. That's right. And thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a ring or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, I saw this really cute listing. It's like a castle on a hill. Oh my God, we have to go to Airbnb and like, or, or Verbo and like check it out because it's going to be amazing. <laughs> nope. Finally, always remember if the undead can behave badly, then so can you. Thank you.